Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. So today I, re- I want to get into what these last four weeks have really been leading up to. And it's, it's all about this idea here, 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11. He who supplies seed to the sower, say, that's me. Amen. You're the sower. And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. You got that? And increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Say every way. To be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. That's what we've been looking at for a month and a half now. There's a lot of things packed into this that we've kind of been unpacking, and we're going to keep doing that today. But something that's just significant for me this week is you sowing and reaping, and and it, it is... In context, this particular passage is talking about money, but we know that it also transcends just money and goes into everything. But in context, he's talking to the Corinthian church, and I went through that two weeks ago. You can go back and go through that. But <clears throat> notice this. It says, increase the ha- not increase your righteousness, but increase the harvest of your righteousness. The righteousness is there. It's finished. It's complete. Say, I'm complete in him. You are as righteous in spirit, that eternal aspect of who you are is as righteous as it will ever be. In fact, it is as Jesus is. As He is, so are we in this world so that you don't have to fear the judgment to come. Listen, I'm going to say this, and this is, if you hear it the wrong way, it doesn't make sense to you, but you are as righteous as Jesus is. Why? Because you are in Him. Because He exchanged places with you. He, a circumcision was performed on you to remove that dead body, that flesh, that old sin nature, and He put His nature within you. He bound Himself to you. You are one in spirit with Him. You are His child. You are His offspring. You're His kid. You're just like Him. Now, you're not going to become a god. don't mean any of that type of stuff. But righteousness never meant I've kept a law, now I've gained a certain standing before God because I've done this. Righteousness is either given or it's not. And it comes by grace through faith, right? You're not righteous because of your efforts. He gave it to you. Now, you got this flesh suit that needs some cleaning up, right? You need to experience some transformation. The repentance is still active. We still need to engage in the Word and grow and learn and all that stuff. But what you really are is done. Like if you stop breathing right now, whatever moves on, what's left is done. Whatever moves on is as it will be there now, here, inwardly. And if you can think about yourself as the real me is in here, the real me, when this body stops breathing and the real me moves on, that, like if you can imagine yourself in heaven now, whatever that looks like for you, seeing those loved ones, hanging out with Jesus, watching that river flow from His throne, hearing those angels, whatever. That you, wherever you're going to go, 
I say we all meet down on the right side of the throne and we have a party together. That'd be God's left. Anyway, that you is in here now. It's so powerful to think about that. That's who you really are. And if you can, if you can anchor into that identity, then it starts to affect all this other stuff. You're not trying to work toward becoming that. You are that. You're just shedding all the other stuff that doesn't reflect that. Amen? So, because that is true of you, you know that your Christianity is... There's like two approaches to Christianity. One is, God's out there, I'm here, I'm not any good, and I need to do the best I can to approach Him, and He will respond to me as I pray, and as my behavior changes, and our relationship is close and distant, and... Or, I'm in Him. I can't shake Him off. I'm joined with Him. And what He's trying to do is move through me. I'm not trying to get Him to show up and do something. I'm trying to just follow Him into what He's already doing. And so it's about positioning myself to believe the truth rather than what do I need to do to get something from Him and Him to respond to me. Do you see the difference? And we're always going to affirm your, your spiritual, eternal identity in Him and to make your choices and your beliefs and get your emotions and everything to line up to match that, and then you go deal with life, right? But what we do is we get overwhelmed, and then we ask God, God, would you please send me some peace or something like that? Because I, I, you know, it's like, no, I already have it. How can I discipline myself to center on the reality of who I am? Amen. And if you get tired of hearing that, get over it, because I'm going to say it all the time. Because our mind, I need to hear it too. Amen? Because of that, God wants to move through us way bigger than we could ever even imagine. Now, that's like a Christian cliche to thing to say, right? Make, sounds good. But, but I want to believe it. I want to live with God and trust Him in such a way where my natural decisions are in agreement flowing with those incredible things that he is seeking to do through me. Where I'm not trying, you know, so life, Christian life could be, well, praise God, I'm free, uh, and I'm just in this life, and it's temporary, and things aren't working out all that great sometimes, but I'm going to respond as life comes toward me, and I'm just going to trust God and do my best, and I hope everything works out. Or you get on top of the situation. I see all this junk down here, but bless God, I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I am going to take responsibility to let Him do the things through me that He wants to do through me. I'm going to be intentional about stepping into those things, whatever it might be. I am going to take responsibility to let myself be stretched and, sh and lengthened and all of that to let Him flow through me. I'm going to actively intentionally move with Him and not just wait and then respond. And, and you know what? You could do one or the other, right? It's okay to just wake up, enjoy your life, go about your day, work your job, be peaceful, be happy, and, and be a good, nice person that's representing Jesus. That's fine. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really care. That didn't really sound all that great, did it? Like, I'm not trying to say that that's bad. But some of you have some things that you need to kind of really push for. And it's going to take you getting serious in your heart to really take these steps 
because God has given mankind dominion over this planet and you getting intentional and stepping out there and kind of breaking the ground to let these things be built into your life. Do, do you understand that? So it's kind of like, let's just respond to life or, man, I'm an icebreaker. I'm going to get out here and trust God. You're not taking over for the Holy Spirit. You're just working with Him. And I, we're gonna, that's what we're going to look at. So the first series, uh, first message was examine yourself to find faith, not sin. Quit disqualifying yourself for the blessings of God because you are safe and secure in Him. And we went through communion. Just kind of a refresher. Then we talked about guard against thoughts that plant bad seeds. Guard your heart as you're dealing with life and you face a difficult situation. You get bad news. Watch out. You want to plant the Word. You want to plant the seeds of the harvest that you want rather than just letting stuff get planted in you, and then you got to deal with that harvest. Plant the Word now before you need it because you're going to need it. Plant the Word now before you need it because you're going to need it. Amen? And then we went into... After you've done that, you've engaged in that process, you put the Word in, and most of us have lived a, a lifestyle of that and you're still making some changes and shifts. Then you get to this point where discretion will guard your choices, and that's a proverb, that discretion will guard you. In other words, you, will, you can make a decision and not second-guess yourself. You can make a decision out of your intimacy with God, the Word being planted in your heart, make a decision knowing that the Word of God is true, and trust that you're making a decision collaborating with God rather than constantly second-guessing yourself. That's possible. It's, it's, it's a reality. And so the homework was read Proverbs daily, and I hope that you're still doing that. If you haven't, pick back up, do it, get it in your heart. Just super practical. And then two weeks ago, we talked about being made rich, new covenant generosity. I would love to re-preach that, because I, I just, I, I don't know, it's, I enjoyed it, but go back and listen to that if you didn't. And so today we're talking about expanding your tents. So Isaiah 54 is what we're about to look at. Isaiah 54 is right after Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 is the chapter that is the prophecy about Jesus that tells what's going to happen on the cross and to us as the true children of Abraham because we have faith in Christ. So this is after the Messiah is put into this earth, he's inviting them to do this because he wants to do some things through his people, okay? Enlarge the sight of your tent. All right, now, now it's like I'm, I'm talking real fast and I'm giving you some information, but kind of just take a minute. We're gonna, I want you to shift gears for a minute, and I want you to look at this as an opportunity for you to take this word, the word of God, and put it in your heart. You, are you, so whatever that, I don't know, maybe you need to go... <laughs> What does it look like for you to say, all right, I'm going to internalize and I'm going to personalize the Word and I'm, going to plant, I'm planting the Word in this moment right now. All right? So, in now, he's talking about, yes, the physical situation, but also the internal situation. He's talking about their hearts. He's talking about their level of expectation. He's talking about what they think is possible, ultimately. Enlarge the side of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not hold back. Now remember, he's talking to a people that he promised 
would come out of Egypt and go into a land and inherit a land flowing with milk and honey and inherit homes that they didn't build and reap from vineyards and gardens that they didn't plant. You know, it's like he's just got stuff prepared for you that you go get and get to enjoy. He's talking to a people that he promised, I will be through you, your God and your father and your husband, and you will be a nation of priests on this planet moving and gaining ground and representing me. And then he reveals that it's through this Messiah and through this exchange that will bring you into this relationship. And then this is the invitation to his people. Grow. Increase your tents. Expand. Expect. Don't hold back. Say, don't hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your stakes deep. For you will spread out to the right and the left. Your descendants will dispossess the nations and inhabit the desolate cities. Do not be afraid. Like, do you take the time to intentionally not be afraid? Face your fear and get over it by standing on His Word. Do not be afraid, for you will not be put to shame. Do not be humiliated, for you will not be disgraced, for you will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. God can't help Himself but to make you promises when He's inviting you to increase as well. Are you with me? Amen. Same chapter, verse 5. For your husband is your maker. Your husband is your maker. Let's just think about that for a minute. This is God talking about Himself and the kind of relationship that we have with Him. And He calls Himself our husband. It just doesn't get any more intimate than that. Like, is that your relationship with God? Like, are you happy about the good news or do you actually take the time to connect with this reality? The, your husband is your maker. The Lord of hosts is His name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. And then He just declares Himself, For the Lord has called you back like a wife deserted and wounded in spirit, the wife of one's youth when she's rejected, says your God. So there's this invitation. Look, I'm going to do some amazing things through my purchased, my, my chosen people. And for uh, my semi-Calvinistic friends that are confused about what chosen means and elect, that's always talking about the people of Israel. And then it expanding and opening up to the Gentiles as well. It's not talking about you're chosen and you get to be saved and there ain't no hope for you. That's Greek for there's not an opportunity for you to be. Anyway. Expanding your tents expanding your heart to make room for God to move. I love this story that we're about to read. <clears throat> it's out of 2 Kings 4, if you're following along. It's about Elisha and the woman that comes to him asking for help because her husband died. So I found this information, and I just thought it was really cool, just to kind of get a, give a picture of what this woman is going through before we read this story here. In the time following the death of King Solomon, in the division of Israel into two kingdoms, ten went one way, Two went another way. There was a, and this is so Solomon, you know, this is right at this is right after he's married 700 demon women. I called them in the first service. Sounded pretty good. 
<clears throat> it wasn't looking good for Israel. And you got this group, of, let, me, let me just read. So there was a period of general indifference and apostasy, especially in the north. During this time, uh, men who maintained their faith in the Lord formed study groups in various places for the purpose of keeping the knowledge of the Lord alive. Praise God for those people. Amen. I mean, praise God for those people. These study groups were called companies of prophets. Although the men in these groups were not official prophets of Israel, the Lord blessed them with spiritual gifts, including the gift of prophecy. Both Elijah and his successor, Elisha, maintained close relationships with these groups. So it's pretty cool, right? I mean, you know, this is some history. There were some people huddled around maintaining the word, and God's actual prophets called would go and support these and connect with these people. And so this woman that we're about to talk about, her husband was one of those guys that was in these you know, Bible studies that Elisha and Elijah would go and visit. So let's read this story. Now, as we read the story, again, make this a meditative exercise for yourself. You're putting the Word in there. I want you to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit will teach you about Himself and how He relates to you and how He wants to provide for you as we go through this story. So what is it that you notice about God, especially for you personally, as we walk through this, okay? The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. All right? What I notice immediately is this woman is putting responsibility out here. Just something that I notice. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revealed the Lord. It's a qualification here, right? I mean, maybe she's just sharing some information, but it's kind of like if you know how people communicate, there's a bit of a justification happening here. Right? But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as slaves, which is a very real thing that could have happened. She could have lost her children to slavery. So Elisha replied, how can I help? What do you want me to do? You know, so, he's got, so she's asking for help, and he's like, well, what, what can I do? And then he says, uh, what do you have in your house? This is significant. Think about that for a minute. Amen. She asks for help, and God, through Elisha, back to her says, well, what do you have in your house? He doesn't say, where's the checkbook? This company of prophets will meet your need for you. He doesn't say, go to the church and ask, although come to the church and ask. I'm not trying to skirt responsibility. But he says, I think this is a moment of inspiration for Elisha. And he says, what do you have in your house? Amen. This is a lot like Moses, when God calls Moses, and Moses is trying to qualify himself, qualify God, who are you, and disqualify himself, I can't do that. And God says, well, what do you have in your hands? What's in your God?" And Moses finally said, well, how am I going to do this? He's like, what do you have in your hands? God starts Amen. with what's in your house Amen. or what's in your hands. Amen. Quit waiting for God to magically show up and give you something that will sovereignly do this thing and meet this need and turn you into super preacher without you actually engaging from your own household, your own heart. Amen. It's got to start inside. It just does. A lot of people are waiting. They're like, well, I would do whatever God asks me to do. I mean, if He wants to do this and create this thing out here, and I will, I will do that. I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing. You just tell me. 
30 years later, I watched SpongeBob with Reese recently. <laughs> 30 years later. God, I'm still broke. You promised me that I was going to be a blessing to all the nations. You promised me that I was going to be a wealthy financial businessman and I would give money to every ministry that I wanted to give money to. What happened, Lord? God, I've got this promise of this thing in my life and it's not here yet. What happened, God? What's in your house? What's in your hands? Still love me? It's not easy. I get that. I understand it. I've been there. How can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? You, and she says, your servant has nothing there at all. I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, I got this small jar of olive oil. Now, got something to work with. Let God talk to you. He's a better teacher than I am. You open your heart to the Holy Spirit right now. Let Him talk to you. Accept a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Now, there's two ways to look at that. Don't ask for just a few. One, which is what a lot of people mostly do, I've asked God for big things. I'll do whatever He wants me to do. God, I can dream big and imagine big, and I can imagine doing all these big things. And so you're like, you're asking God, look how willing I am, God. I'm thinking big here. That's not what is talking about here. What he's talking about is the preparation that you are actually engaging in and putting in place for God to move into that area. Are you taking the time to in that secret, quiet place to expand the capacity of your heart to receive what God has promised? Or are you looking externally, thinking that you're trusting, but actually just waiting for Him to sovereignly do something independent from you doing whatever needs to happen on the inside? Do you still love me? It's not easy. I don't, I, I don't want to have to tell you these kinds of things. But it's not God. It's you. And when we can take the responsibility to sit there and quiet that time and get the Word in our heart to the point where whatever it is that we're lacking externally is, is real inwardly and there's not a, a sucking emptiness but it's fulfilled already inward, it will manifest outward. You understand what I'm saying? And I wish I could teach people how to do that. You have to have experienced it. You have to have experienced standing with God not desperately pleading for something, not, not feeling lack because you're emotionally depleted of this thing, but there's a relaxation. There's an internal expectation. There's an internal increase. There is a confidence in who God is and of His Word that cannot be taken away no matter what happens externally, maybe even if it never happens. It's still more real that He promised. This is what he's talking about. This is what I think he's talking about. Go get as many pots as you can. This was a heart exercise for her. Because she could have said, go get a bunch of pots. I don't understand. I just got this little jar of olive oil here. 
I don't, I don't understand. I'm looking outwardly. You're telling me to do this. He's trying to get inside her heart. He's trying to get her to believe that he's bigger than the situation Amen. and do something on the inside between the two of them. I mean, what if she'd not gone and gotten the jars? Let's keep going. Don't ask for just a few. And most of you know the story. It's incredible. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons. Don't post it on Facebook. Don't be asking everybody's opinion. Don't be researching on the internet how to multiply oil. Pour oil into the jars. Go get you some pots. Take your oil. Pour the, pour the oil into the jars. Not pray, ask God, fast. Just pour the oil out. Man, God's talking to me right now. I hope you're hearing Him too, for you. Pour oil into the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. Filled. You know? Jars. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. Man, she's fired up now. Let's, do, let's keep going. And, but they bumped. They hit their limit. I wonder, what if they'd have run out and gotten more jars? Think about it. What, what, what if they'd have gone out? Man, we better get some more jars. We don't want this to stop. I mean, what if this were the forever flowing jar of olive oil? I mean, you know, I would have gotten pretty crafty. Like, go clear out the cow trough. Let's, something. Like, like I'm watching, maybe ahead, you know, I don't know. I, I, I want to get in the moment. What if they would have thought ahead? Wait a minute. This stuff keeps pouring. We're going to run out here. Let's go get some more jars. Amen. Amen. The whole village would have benefited. Amen. I mean, exceedingly, abundantly above. Well, no, you see, God only wanted to meet the need. God multiplied oil. What are you going to... I'm having a conversation with myself in my head. <laughs> Apparently, this whole thing is going here. <laughs> Do you feel me? Amen. Amen. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another, but they replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Could God have filled more jars? I mean, just think, what if they'd gotten more jars? She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts, and you benefit from what's left. I love it. I love it. I love it. God will instruct you to do the impossible. And it looks impossible. And sometimes that's why we don't experience it, because it feels impossible. Expand. Take a breath. I don't want to limit you, God. I don't want to limit you. You are, you are infinite. Thank you, Father. 
So what, what stands out to you from this story? And, and as obvious as it might be, I want, let me know. What's on your heart like right now? Don't, don't give me some long thing, but what? Don't limit God. Don't limit God. What else? What stands out to you? Something personal for you. Maybe not too personal. <laughs> what stands out to you? Let's hear it. Use what you have. Take the step. Anybody else? Be obedient. Don't be afraid to ask others for help. That's huge. I, I didn't see that, but yeah. Yeah, no, 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 I understand. But I, that's what I want. I, anybody else? What'd you get? The rest of y'all didn't get anything? Say that one more time. The commanded blessing of life evermore. Psalms 133. And the phone cried out. Amen. How did God meet her need? Y'all are right thinking in church, right? Okay. How did God meet her need? I mean, we kind of talked about it already. Through others? what she had in her hand. I, I, I would add to through others, but as far as, I know what you mean, with help. Yep. God, God used what she suggested, what birthed in her. Well, I got this oil. All right, let's use that. I got this staff. All right, let's turn that into a crocodile. Let's make that split the Red Sea. Let's make it bud flowers and we'll put it in the ark as a testimony forever for me. This is, what, this is what came out of her. You have a part to play. God didn't do anything separate from her cooperation. God used what was already in her house. What's in your hands? I like what you said. Just pour. Just pour. Just keep Don't pouring. Meditate on it. Just do it. Just do it. Just Come on. Don't have Just to do fast. It. Don't have to pray. Don't have to have study groups. Just That's do it. We're never waiting on him. He's always waiting on us. I mean, put an exclamation point right there. When it becomes believable that God can increase what you're doing, you must be willing to take action. See, a lot of times it's like, well, I know that he can do whatever he wants to do. And I've heard about this story. And I've seen these kinds of miracles. And I read the Bible and I see this. And I, I believe this about God. But what are you willing to take a step on? What are you willing to actually take action on? And that's up to you. The action first starts on the inside here. Go get the pots. Get your house in order. Maybe it's, maybe it's for you. It's, you know, health-related or financial-related or getting the word or whatever those things are, not to try to qualify for it, not to try to become a better person. All of that toxic religion stuff, you've, you finally hope I've, you've gotten over that stuff and you've thrown it out the window. But now you want to maturely and responsibility engage in a healthy, active, repentant, word-filled Christian lifestyle to reflect all of this stuff outwardly so that you're not limiting him. You know, you think about the children of Israel, right? They're called out of Egypt. Forty years it takes to go by 
for them to actually go into because all the people that had been trapped in slavery had to die off before a nation could believe God into the promise. That's what had to happen. All those old unbelieving people had to die for that body to receive the promise that God actually had for them. They were complaining and grumbling. It specifically says they limited the Holy One of Israel. God said, that I gave you water, but there could have been honey out of that rock. You know, so you got a generation of people that wake up and all they've done is eaten food that God gives them every day, followed a cloud, followed the fire. They're conditioned to not limit God. The old, the, but see, here's the deal. The old you is dead. Amen. The only thing that's really left of you is that young generation that has only seen God do miracles. That, like that's what you really are inwardly. Amen. Amen? Amen? Don't ask for just a few. I hope that speaks to you. For me, what that means is, man, I don't want to limit the areas, because there's a lot of things that I have my hands in right now that, that, that are fun even though there's other things that are very difficult to work through. And it's like, sometimes you get the feeling like, well, I don't have time for that. I can't do that. And it's like, wait a minute. I don't want to limit God. Let's figure out a way to work in this and this and this and this and in a way that's actually productive and effective, right? I don't want to limit. Don't ask God to do something without active collaboration. In other words, don't, don't you dare pray and ask Him to do something that you're not willing to make corresponding changes within yourself to step into. Does that make sense to you? Amen. Like, don't just pray and then sit back and not take action on what you just prayed for. Amen. What do you mean take action? I don't know. You figure that out. God knows. Us being willing to take an action is actually a prerequisite to even hear. That's right. Because your heart isn't even thinking and listening that way unless you're willing to move that way. It's just so true. You know, we're talking about God wants to be a blessing through you, going all the way back so that in every way, in every situation, you would be blessed and would be generous in every way. You would be increased in every way and be a blessing and generous in every way. That's what we're talking about. God wants to flow through you like a fire hydrant. And we're ratcheting down and making it a trickle because we're the way we're responding to life. I mean, it's incredible what an open heart to Him can experience. Not just for our own personal gain and benefit. Like, that's the least of it, honestly. When you really understand this flow, it's like you just kind of know, of course I'm going to benefit, so what? You know, I, I love watching people step into new opportunities to minister where they never did before, and it feels so good. It's like, wow, I, man, you know, it really truly is to be more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, I, I just, I don't want to limit. I don't want to limit God at all. So last passage, we always end up back in, for this whole year, we've kind of been anchored in Ephesians and moving around. But this particular passage is uh, just it's just so significant for this church because of what grace is because of what the calling that we feel like that we are to focus on 
to always root you in your identity in Christ and expect to be empowered inwardly. This is probably, even though the word grace is never even mentioned in this next passage, it's probably the best working definition of the function of grace, like how it works. Does that make sense to you? All right. Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Like, do you take the time to let God strengthen you in your inner being and then walk out strengthened? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So the roots, your expectations, your emotions, the parts of you that engages with this life, that part is going into His love. And you're being fueled not by your circumstance, not by your lack, not by your need, but you're being impacted by His love. What does His love grow into you? Whatever you're thinking about and feeling about in general each day tells me what you're putting your roots into. Is it His love or is it whatever you're dealing with? Grounded in love that you, so that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth, and to know, to experience the love of Christ that passes knowledge is better than knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You become whole in a sense. Now to Him, so because of this, because you take this time to engage in His love for you, to be strengthened in your inner man, now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen? Amen. It's the power that works in you, through you. We have got to dump the sovereignty mentality that God is out here and we're waiting for Him to move the earth for us to bring to us the promise that we think that He's supposed to fulfill for us and realize this promise is a potential in His kingdom already. It exists in that realm of kingdom. And you are connected with that realm and you increasing the capacity of your heart, allowing yourself to be strengthened in your inner man, letting the, fruit bear, letting the word bear fruit, whatever the language is for you. You have to engage in that process. It's easy to sit back and with bad doctrine and choose confusion. But it's not so easy to increase, to, to, to actively participate. Like, like, when's the last time you said, I'm going to go and let myself be strengthened in my inner man by God and then do it and then walk out stronger? We get pressured, we get emotional, and we pray, and then we go on about our day. But I'm talking about actually where you go eat something. You know what I'm talking about? You go eat. You partake of the Lord, and it brings you strength, and it brings you confidence, and it renews your thinking. That is repentance. That is new covenant repentance, shifting your thought back to kingdom reality and His promises. Amen? Amen. And now... I would love to give you seven steps of what to do from here, 
But that's really between you and the Lord. How are you going to take this and go get alone and, let, and, and intentionally be strengthened and act on that inspiration and increase the capacity of your heart so that you don't limit God? Don't ask for just a few. Prepare. Take those steps that you can and watch and expect Him to fill and increase and step, in, and step into it as the space is made. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God, the God of increase. It is your desire to see your kingdom grow. And it is in us and it is growing through us. We want to be your participants. We want to be co-laborers with you. We want to walk with you. We want to be your disciples. We don't want to limit anything that you're wanting to do through us. We will, we will shift from the mentality of just responding to life to actively, intentionally seeking to engage your heart with our heart to let you increase yourself through us. Be active participants rather than waiting for things to happen. And we will step and make those little increases. Now, Father, I, I thank you that you, you're our Lord. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. We put all of our attention on you to be led and taught by you to these messages that we, that we get to share in this place. But Father, I thank you that you are the teacher. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. I ask you, like I invite you in this moment to just take this as everyone sets their hearts on you and show us what that looks like. We want to be a people known for following you, being your disciples that just continue to see increase. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your life. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.